I'm Rachel Lindsay, a sports reporter at the Buffalo News. Welcome to the Stories Behind the News, a podcast that will highlight and dig further into some of the in-depth work by reporters at the Buffalo News. On the first episode, I'm speaking with Jason Wolf, a sports enterprise reporter whose work at the news includes examining issues and societal trends in sports, such as the historical context of Dane Smith being named the first black MVP in the National Lacrosse League, and the continuing love affair between Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick and Buffalo Bills fans. Jason wrote a story in the fall of 2019 about Buffalo Bills offensive lineman Ty Inseki, whose path to professional football began at Texas State University, but wound through prison, arena football, and finally to the NFL. The Pro Football Writers of America recently honored Jason's piece with the Brian Burwell Award for Excellence in Feature Writing. I'm joined by Jason today, who will talk more about this particular story, as well as his time at the news and his background in journalism. Jason, thank you for taking the time to speak to me about this story that you wrote about Ty Inseki and about your background in journalism. So tell me about yourself. You've been at the Buffalo News for two years. You came here from the Tennessean in Nashville. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. So um, let's see, I went to Penn State University and uh, basically worked my way up in the business, climbing that ladder that in some respects doesn't even really exist anymore, right? Like for 10 years, covered everything from high school to college to you know minor pro sports, um, moving from paper to paper, outlet to outlet every few years. And it was an invaluable experience. Um, I started in Pennsylvania, made my way to Virginia and North Carolina and back to Philadelphia, which is where I'm from originally, and then to Nashville and then to Buffalo. Let's talk about the Ty Inseki story. It was recently recognized by the Pro Football Writers of America for excellence in feature writing. First off, can you summarize the story that you wrote? It ran last year. Yeah, so this, this is a story uh, about uh, Ty. He's a uh, offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. And it's really hard to for a player to get to the NFL and for people to not know about them, right? Like these are the best of the best. These guys have been playing. Uh, most of them have played major division one football. Uh, they've just been covered forever, right? Like dating back to their high school careers. So uh, the interesting thing about the Ty Inseki story that ended up winning this award from the Pro Football Writers of America is that uh, I uncovered uh, the fact that he had spent a period of his life in prison. And this wasn't part of uh, his public story, what he had allowed to be known and what anyone had ever dug up about him. And, and a lot of that was the result of just his unusual path to the NFL, right? And it's very easy uh, when you're not a starter, you know, when you're a, a backup or a third stringer to sort of get overlooked a little bit, right? Like people will take a bio at face value. So Ty had played for the Colts, he had played for the Rams, he had spent some time with the Saints, with Washington. He worked his way up to the NFL over a period of 10 years, right from the time he got out of jail. And 
what was always in his bio was that he was an undrafted free agent out of Texas State in 2006. But when you actually do the legwork and look into it, he went to Texas State years before that and then sort of dropped off the map, right? So it was an effort to piece together those discrepancies, figure out where, where these discrepancies came in and piece together his past. And I ended up uncovering a criminal record and a mugshot. And then it segued into figuring out how we were going to talk to this guy about this background that he obviously had kept to himself for a decade plus. You really had to do reporting for this as opposed to just sitting down to someone and talking to them about their life. You had to uncover it. You really had to put some elbow grease into that. You know, how much do you think that's underlooked and underappreciated, especially in sports reporting when we tell these stories? Well, you know, there's quite a bit, obviously, because it depends what source material you use or what you consider to be source material, right? Uh, every time I write a profile about uh, a player, I go and look at what's written, been written about the guy before. I'll go to uh, the team's media guide, take a look at the bio, uh, a Wikipedia page while itself generally isn't accurate. The links at the bottom that they cite are a good place to find background information because those are generally credible sources. And so there's this fun sort of anecdote in the story, pretty high up in the story, where you know, I, I sort of relay Ty's response when I asked him, you know, weren't you concerned over all these years that you'd be fined out? Like nobody asked you about these computer crimes. Nobody asked you, uh, you know, about this robbery. I, what happened here? And, you know, his response to me was no, because, you know, the only way you could really find it is if you Google my real first name. And I don't know how many people who cover the bills actually know what Ty Inseki's actual first name is. And so that's very basic, right? Like they teach you that in your very first journalism class, or at least they should, is you get the names correctly. And, and Ty is what he goes by, but you know, maybe dig a little bit deeper just into the basics. And, and that can help you sometimes, you know, uncover threads that really weren't discovered or, or really, you know, haven't been explored. What motivated you to write and report on this story? <laughs> the short answer? Uh, that it was assigned, <laughs> right? It was a training camp feature on one of the Bills players. And so uh, I was out at uh, Bills training camp and approached him after practice one day and introduced myself. And this isn't a guy who, uh, you know, hasn't spoken to the media before. He, he's spoken to national reporters. Uh, he played in Washington for four seasons. The Washington Post had written about this guy, you know, in, in the past. And so I spoke to him for 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was, and um, you know, left and went on my way. Uh, I wasn't the only person to speak to him that day, but in the course of doing some background research into him, looking for some other people to reach out to and speak with, it, quickly became apparent that, you know, there was maybe some more to this story that deserved a closer look. And so uh, a lot of credit goes to uh, Josh Barnett, 
you know, our editor at, at the Buffalo News because, um, you know, a lot of positions I've had in the past, you've got to crank a story the next day. You're on deadline. You know, this is a training camp feature on a backup offensive lineman, you know, churn out the 600, 900 words, whatever it is, and move on to the next day's assignment. But uh, when I told him there might be a far better story here and why I thought that might be the case, he listened. And we actually uh, extended the deadline when we were going to run this on multiple occasions until, you know, we felt like we were in a good place and uh, had everything that we needed. And so it was kind of just a, a regular sort of run-of-the-mill daily assignment that ended up turning into much more. So how did you learn about Ty and Seki's past? Did he open up to you? Did someone else tell you this? Did you find it through a Google search? How do you find out these remarkable details about someone's past? Honestly, it was talking to people. You know, uh, that anecdote in the story where Ty says the only way that you could find out about me is if you were Googling my real first name, it, it really wasn't that simple. I didn't just Google his real first name. Uh, I actually went to, uh, he has a, a foundation, a website for his charity and uh, has contact info in there. And it wasn't contact info for anybody in particular, it was just for his charity. And so I called the number and saw who picked up. And uh, I introduced myself and it ended up being uh, one of, it ended up being Chris Pooh, who is his childhood friend, was his teammate. Um, after he had, uh, it, 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 it was his teammate in high school and at one of the uh, small colleges he attended along his way because he actually spent time at three colleges. Uh, this one was at Tarleton State. Uh, and I was on the phone with him for probably 30, 45 minutes, just talking about Ty's background. And, you know, he wasn't super forthcoming. I mean, he didn't just blurt out, hey, Ty was in prison one day and nobody, nobody knows about it, you know. Um, but he ended up telling me about when Ty was at his lowest and was basically sleeping on his couch because he had gotten into some legal trouble. And I had known nothing about it at that point in time. And so that little crack after, you know, after speaking to this guy for 30, 45 minutes, hey, I knew that Ty had been in legal trouble at some point in time. He didn't really want to go into details and I don't blame him. It's not necessarily his place uh, to share Ty's story uh, or aspects of Ty's story that haven't been disclosed publicly before. And so that actually sent me on my journey. It's like, well, what is, let, let's figure out what kind of legal trouble this guy had been in previously. I mean, what are we talking about here? And there are little scraps, there were little scraps of information here and there, and it was really difficult to make sense of it all. Uh, I used, I actually relied on a friend who I previously worked with at a different news outlet who is a whiz when it comes to public record searches. And he sort of gave me some tips and, and guided me in the right direction, sort of told me where I needed to look, these local government agencies in Texas, in terms of finding information about what Ty was arrested for, what he uh, was found guilty of, where he was incarcerated. And uh, none of this was located in some central place, right? Like there were little scraps of this all over. 
And it took a little while to piece it together and sort of figure out what we were dealing with here. You found out all this information about Ty's background. Obviously, you're trying to build trust with him as well to open up and talk about a very tumultuous time, a dark time in his life. How did you build that trust with him? Well, so I interviewed Ty uh, a handful of times uh, for this story before I approached him with the information that I had, which uh, wasn't complete. It was enough where I was comfortable talking with him because at first when you see you know, robbery come up and you realize that this guy was in jail, it's like, well, what are we talking about here? Is this guy breaking into houses? I mean, I don't, is this guy dangerous? Do I need to be fearful if I approach this guy who is, you know, six foot four, 300 some pounds? I mean, not that anything would necessarily become physical, but you never know how somebody's going to react, especially when it comes to a touchy subject like this that the person had never spoken publicly about before. And so, um, you know, it, it, was, it was tricky. It was definitely tricky. I think uh, the fact that I had spoken to Ty on multiple occasions in person, uh, in the locker room, you know, one-on-one -on -one after practices, and he knew that I had been working on this story helped. Um, I also, uh, I mean, I reached out to the Bills for comment too, because I didn't know what, if anything, the Bills had known about this situation. And um, from what I understand, they were aware that he had been incarcerated. They had not spoken to him about that before signing him. Uh, don't forget, this has happened a decade plus prior to the bill signing him. And he had spent many years in the NFL and had a clean record, you know, for, for more than a decade. So the bills were uh, aware, but hadn't spoken to him about it. Um, and I think it was all in the way that I presented it, not only to him, but to the organization. You know, the Bills Public Relations Director, Derek Boyko, um, my relationship with him dates back more than a decade, actually, to when he was the PR director of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm from Philadelphia originally and uh, had been a 76ers beat reporter for a few years and helped out on Eagles and Phillies beats during my time in, in Philadelphia. And so Derek had known me. He had actually known me before that. Um, we're getting off the rails here. But so, you know, Derek, I know, went to Ty and just kind of vouched for me and, and said, hey, this isn't a guy that, um, th this isn't a guy who's just looking for clicks, basically. This is somebody who you could feel comfortable, you know, opening up to and who will treat you right. And I said as much to Ty. I, when I first approached him, I said, look, you know, you know, I've been writing, I've been working on this story. Um, there's this information that I've become aware of. It's public record, and that's important too, right? All of this is public record, even though it isn't in a central location. These are public databases. Um, this is information that the public is entitled to and does have access to. And I told him, look, I, I'm not trying to blow you up. You know, I could easily just run this information with a headline and it would 
garner clicks and it could be a problem for you or a headache that you have to deal with, but that wasn't my aim. I really wanted to understand what all he had been through. And I really needed him to clear up some of what had happened because even though I had the record for, you know, burglary, what exactly did that entail, right? So like, here's your opportunity to basically tell your story. Don't, like, he had control of it at that point in time. And I was giving that to him. Now, it wasn't going to be some PR, you know, just puff piece, but it was an opportunity for him to share what he had been through and for me to have it right and for him to not be blindsided by this information suddenly becoming, you know, extraordinarily well known. So instead of it being a hit piece, as maybe there's a perception of it being, you really wanted to put thought and time and dedication into something and being able to tell his story. And you bring up a really good point and sometimes an undervalued point, I think, in journalism is we have to build relationships as part of our job. And you really identified it really well. You built that relationship with Ty. How important in general is it to build relationships with the people you cover? Oh, I mean, it, depending on the type of work you want to do or the type of work you have to do, it's critical, right? Like there are reporters that need to file that daily story and they need a couple of quotes and they're off and running, right? Um, you know, the TV networks, they need the soundbite. This is what they're there to get. Um, this was not that, right? Like I'm afforded the opportunity to dig into stories and, and they don't usually take as long uh, to suss out as this did. But if I get two, three, four days to work on a Sunday feature story, that's a real luxury. You know, I've been a beat reporter. I've had to crank out three bylines a day and, and two videos and just produce, produce, produce. And this type of work isn't possible if that's what you have to do, right? Um, so building this relationship, it took multiple brief interviews, 10 to 15 minutes over a period of time. And then it took two hours I sat with Ty one-on-one -on -one, one day for him to tell me his full story. Guy just doesn't open up, right? Uh, unless you're really looking for that. And honestly, I, you know, a, a lot of reporters either aren't looking for that or don't have the luxury to sit there and listen to a guy talk, listen to a backup offensive linemen tell their story for two hours. So building the relationship is absolutely critical. And then, you know, knowing where to look and, and asking the right questions. And I think being empathetic helps a great deal too. I mean, I, I wasn't on Ty's side and I wasn't not on his side. You know, I just honestly wanted to hear him tell his story, him share his story, because, I mean, it was amazing. And it was different from everything else that was out there. And it just, you just don't get people to open up like that uh, unless they get to know who you are a little bit. Was that the biggest thrill for you in writing the story? I mean, the fact that you got him to open up about something so personal, you know, was that what made you excited to write the story? Oh, without a doubt. I, the, 
when I was, uh, the point in which I was most excited was when I was leaving the Bills practice facility after the interview. And I had that two hour recording, not only on my digital voice recorder, but on my cell phone as well, because I recorded him on both those things because I'd be damned if one of them failed and I ended up losing that information, which is something that, I mean, you really have to guard against sometimes. If there's a really important uh, interview, back that up. I think that's something that you learn through experience over the years, you know, you carry extra batteries with you. You know, if, if you're talking to someone and this is a, a critical opportunity, back it up if at all possible. Um, there, I was really excited when I found out that there was, hey, this, this interesting story uh, that may be possible to tell. And then I was, uh, and then the best time was after I had spoken to him at length because I knew that I had it. Then it was all on me, right? Like you need people to play ball with you to have a story. We don't make things up. People have to tell you what they've been through, you know, you, and then you have to, cross the T's and dot the I's and do all your fact checking. But until somebody opens up and shares their story with you, you, you don't have all that you could. And, and to get him to trust me and to share all that he did, that was the best feeling for sure. What was the biggest challenge for you in putting together this story? I mean, the biggest challenge was just approaching him with the information that I had because I didn't have the full story. I knew what I knew and I didn't know what his reaction was going to be. Um, and I was nervous, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I was nervous walking up to this gigantic human being and saying, hey, I found out you were in prison. You know, like how do you actually approach that and get somebody to uh, act favorably and then choose to tell you what they've been through? Um, We've touched on that a little bit already. You know, I, a lot of it was building that relationship with Ty. Um, I'm sure some of it was uh, the Bill's PR director vouching for me. And, um, you know, a lot of it was just sitting there and, and actually listening to him and being engaged and, and not passing judgment either. I, I think that's critical with a lot of the stories I write. Um, you know, whether a lot of the stories I write have very little to do with sports, right? Like they are about athletes uh, and that's why people are interested, but they branch off in all types of different directions. You know, this had a lot to do with um, the, the, the prison system in the United States and, and jurisprudence, right? And how easy it is uh, for a guy who is in Ty's position to sort of slip off the grid. and have no, you know, perhaps nobody care about him and just get lost in the system. You know, there are stories I write about people's religious beliefs. Uh, there's a story I wrote the other day that, you know, the opening scene touched on abortion. I mean, it, it's, the sports world really allows you to branch off into all aspects of life if you're willing to follow those threads and, and to get people to talk about things. Absolutely. Sports is a great prism for society. And I know when I report, when I tell these stories and do the, this kind of work, that's what I think, you know, we're really, like you said, you know, bringing these very strong elements of our society, like you said, abortion, you know, homelessness, the prison system, we're bringing them to light through the sphere of sports. Now, what did you learn 
from reporting on and writing this story that's going to help you down the road, whether it's for another story or whether it's later on in your career. I think just the whole experience was valuable. Um, you know, there was uh, the experience of working with an editor and the communication that's necessary um, to delay the publication of a story until the reporting is complete, right? Um, there was tremendous experience that I gained in terms of public records searches and various databases, right? Um, there was the experience of simply walking up to this guy and, and telling him, hey, I found out you were in jail 10 years ago. And, and I'm really interested in hearing about your experience and all you've been through and how you got from there to here. Um, there are a lot of experiences, a, a lot of positive experiences to draw on from uh, this story, from reporting and writing this story that, I mean, I, I'll certainly rely on in the future. I, I'm not sure if it'll be necessarily explicit where I'll say, well, hey, well, back when I was writing this Ty and Seki story, I did this. But it's definitely was one of the more memorable stories in my journalism career. And there is no way that it can't help me moving forward for having had that experience. You know, the, the public records, the talking about a, a touchy uh, subject, and then just internally within uh, the Buffalo News, working uh, with my editor to and, and others to make sure that you know, this was as good as it could possibly be. Uh, you know, there are a lot of experiences that are all tied up within this one project that um, it, it, that will be of great benefit to me moving forward. And, and there's no way that it can't be. This whole experience, it was very, very rewarding for you. I can tell that through not just the work that I read by you, but through the conversation we had about this. And we had touched on this a little bit about sports being a prism for society. Why are stories like these important in journalism? I think particularly in the sports pages, right? Like there are people who will read a Bill's story that don't care about the local news or, or the national news or things that actually affect them. There's an anecdote I, I shared with you, you know, before about, and I'll never forget, I have a, a friend who used to be a local government reporter uh, for a different newspaper uh, than the one we currently work for. And uh, this was back in Tennessee. And, you know, he told me that, you know, he wrote about things every single day that affected readers' lives, right? Um, he's like, and nobody pays attention, right? He's like, we're all just trying to shoehorn Peyton Manning into our stories. So people read them. You know, that, which is kind of funny, but also kind of sad. And I recognize that I'm in a fortunate position working for the sports department where there's a built-in audience for many of my stories. If I write about the Bills, Bills fans are going to read this story. If I write about the Sabres, Sabres fans are going to read about this story. If I write about UB, right, UB fans will read this story but it doesn't have to necessarily just be about the sport. You can talk about, like you said, the human condition, right? You can learn things 
about where people are coming from, what their experiences have been. A story about the bills can turn into an opportunity to teach somebody about the prison system in the US, right? Uh, how a, a hungry college kid in Ty's case can fall in with a group of teammates and rob a fraternity house and pawn a PlayStation and suddenly he's got a 10-year prison sentence potentially hanging over his head. Right? Like that's to say, not, not to excuse the act, but it shines a light on what people actually go through in their lives and some of the hurdles that they may overcome to get to where they are. And you realize, well, how many people face that same situation or are in that same situation today and can use this story, can internalize this and use this as an opportunity to better themselves or as light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not just this Inseki story with the prison system, right? It can be about uh, racism, right? Uh, social justice issues, which we've written a ton about, right? Over the last 12 months or so. And it's a great privilege to have the opportunity to tell those stories and to share them in a venue where people care, right? Like if I just write a story about social justice issues, just on its face, you're not gonna have necessarily the same audience that you would have if you tied the Buffalo Bills to that story, or if you shoehorned Peyton Manning into that story, if you were a local government reporter in Tennessee, right? So it, it does provide, uh, it provides an opportunity to tell stories that matter beyond the games that these guys play. Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me this afternoon about your story on Ty and Zeki. And thank you for joining the stories behind the news. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You can follow Jason Wolf, a sports writer at the Buffalo News, on Twitter at J-A-S-O-N-W-O-L-F. And you can read Jason's story on Ty and Seki at www.buffalonews.com.